All right, welcome back to another Michigan edition of Real Talk. Jeff here. Dan, what's up, man? What's up, my man? Oh, nothing. Another day, another week. Uh, lots of Michigan to go over today. We're going to, just like we did last week, we're going to touch briefly on hoops until we start talking exclusively about hoops here in a couple of weeks. Uh, we have a recap of the Penn State game. We have some mailbag questions. We have Michigan-Maryland preview we have Ohio State, Michigan State. We're action-packed. Um, I'm ready to get started if you are. Absolutely. Let's let's talk hoops first. Um, not going to spend a ton of time on this. It's super early in the season, and football is the main priority of this pod as of right now. But uh, let's talk about Michigan. So uh, number six, Michigan beats Prairie View 77-49. And in the early week rankings, they get moved up to number four. Uh after beating Prairie View, Hunter had, you know, 11 points, 10 rebounds, Eli 15 points, Caleb Houston 13 points. Solid effort all around. They pick up a, a pretty easy win. Then they start playing Seton Hall. This was actually last night. And uh, they drop to an unranked Seton Hall at home. And Hunter Dickinson 18 points, 9 rebounds, Eli Brooks 17 points. Uh, and Caleb Houston plays his worst game so far as a freshman, four points, one for one of nine from the field. Um, overall, like I said, it's really early in the season. We're not going to beat this team up too much over a loss. I think there's a lot to really learn from this team. Uh, I've seen a lot that, and I'll get your opinions on this here in a second. This doesn't look like any other Michigan team that we have seen over the last several years. This team has a lot of size, doesn't have a lot of outside shooting. It doesn't have that point guard role that we're very familiar with where it's almost led by a point guard. This team does not seem to be led by a point guard. Uh, overall, what do you, what are you seeing from these, this team early on? Um, well, you're seeing that definitely. Yeah. Eli Brooks and Hunter Dickinson is kind of running the show right now, uh, especially in terms of, um, in terms of scoring. Um, and being relied on. Overall, though, uh, the free throws against um, Buffalo were not great. They bounced back in this game. They go 83% from the stripe, 10 of 12. So they improved from there to there to this, you know, to this game, whatever. Um, but they're still looking for that third score. Uh, no one really consistently has stepped up to that role. Uh, DeMonte Jones... Who is our number, our point, our PG one, our point guard? You know, we talked about it last week. Is there's not really a separation uh, from him amongst the others. Um, and generally, since John Beeline, we've always had that solid point guard that you can rely on in the tournament. You alluded to last week. Uh, I think Eli Brooks is that is a solid two. I know he does bring the he does run the run the floor at times, which is fine. I personally just don't like him full-time at a point guard. I think he's a better scorer at the two, and uh, if they have him at the three occasionally. But I really want to see Brandon John step up. I think he was our more of uh, last week. I could be wrong. Need he to was. see Brandon John step up more. This is his time to shine. And we also think that Terrence Williams is going to be a, a solid um, contributor. Necessarily to have like a bad game, he did hit a couple threes. Uh, but again, they don't have any 
any uh, sniper behind the arc. And with John Beeline, that was our MO. Uh, so if we go through the whole season and we don't really shoot the three, um, but can make it when we need to, I'm fine with that. But if we if we can't, uh, you know, put teams away, man, we got to learn how to hit that three-point ball. Uh, but, again, it's early in the season. This isn't football where every game matters. Granted, you know, every game matters in a sense. But you can go on a – you can be on a skid and bounce back, uh, especially in, like, you know, the pros and, and, and MLB and hockey and everything. But college basketball, man, it's super early. And even with John Beeline's teams, uh, there's times where they struggled in a part in a certain point of the season, and then they've made a huge deep run in the tournament. So, a lot, obviously – you know, two and one right now. Got plenty of time to to, to wrinkle out the problems here. Uh, obviously, like I said, Caleb Houston, one of nine. He needs. We need more of him for sure. And with this, um, I'll pass it back to you, man. They just got to look for that uh, that third contributor. Yeah, that third contributor is definitely the uh, the point of emphasis. In if I'm if I'm Juwan Howard. Speaking of Juwan Howard, shame on me. Uh, huge news. Uh, the Wednesday morning, yesterday morning, before I'm sorry, Tuesday morning, it would have been Tuesday morning, uh, before the game, he signed a five-year extension. Um, talk about a way to get hype right before a, a, a big tip-off game. But Juwan Howard, five years extended into Michigan, I think that is huge. Uh, I've said a couple different times, everybody that's already tying his name to NBA jobs, I'm like, it's kind of silly because he's recruited both of his sons. And his son, his first son, uh, you could argue, is a project there. This is his second year there, and he does not play a lot. So um, I would assume that is Juwan's there for the long haul. And obviously signing a five-year extension, and he seems like he's a Michigan dude, that this is this is his job. Uh, taking it back to basketball here. Yeah, I thought Hunter has been like the one piece that we knew was going to be great this year and has been. Eli Brooks, another piece that we knew was going to be great this year and has been. Everything else is just kind of working itself out. And unfortunately, Seton Hall, Seton Hall, they took advantage of that. Um, I talked about free throw shooting and how bad it was in game one. And though you said it was improved, and I agree it was improved in in this game, uh, it actually cost us the game. And I hate to be that guy, but Terrence Williams ends up missing a free throw that uh, could have tied the game and sent it to overtime, which, which really sucks. But it is what it is. Um, I thought the main the main thing that stuck out to me was how atrocious Caleb Houston was from the floor, which everybody else is kind of falling in line. We haven't got a whole lot of Deontay Jones who lit it up. At Coastal Carolina, I assumed that he would take over in roles and just score when needed, kind of like Mike Smith was doing last year in the offense. Mike Smith was so good at picking his spots. Devontae Jones, for whatever reason, hasn't found that time to do that, and maybe he will. Um, overall, it showed. Uh, moving on from hoops, what did you like? What did you dislike? What did you want more of? Let's start with like. Um, for me, it's been the one consistent of the three games. Hunter Dickinson, we knew it was going to be great. He's been good. Him and Eli both. Would you like? Uh, I think it's going to be for me Eli Brooks. Um, 
you know, second to second score that they can rely on. And when Jones hasn't been able to run the floor, I mean, Eli has been relied on. Again, you know, I just said that I'd rather him be at the two guard, but uh, he, he took control at certain times. And, you know, the kid, if his shot's blocked on, on one play, on the ensuing play, it doesn't phase him all. He's going to he's gonna slash to the basket. And as good as a – he's I mean, he's not a bad three-point shooter, you know, Eli Brooks. But uh, getting to the cup is really an under – I mean, maybe it isn't – it just seems to me it's underrated, you know. Yeah. Uh, doesn't get a lot of – you know, I don't know, man. He just – you're like, wow, he just did that. You know, he did a, lot, he did a few of those backdoor cuts against Seton Hall. It uh, just wasn't enough, unfortunately. Yeah, Eli Brooks has been – you know, funny enough, and it, this goes back a couple of years. I believe it was the 2019 season, may have been late in the 2018 season, where Eli Brooks was coming in off the bench in a reserve role, and you had tweeted out, like, get this dude off the court. And the funny thing is, is since that moment, and I've joked yeah. with you about this so many times, yeah. he has been dynamite. In that same game, he had multiple threes and mm-hmm. ends up being a contributing part to this team and, and has been, and he's been a great leader and is a captain now. So. Uh, disliked for me, I, maybe it's just, I'm not used to it. There's no outside shooting on this team. They have none. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like outside of Eli Brooks, who's obviously out there 30 plus minutes a game, you have to rely on Terrence Williams. Who's going to give you a 10 to 15 minutes a game to hit a bucket. And it's just like, I don't know. You, you would assume that Caleb Houston's that guy. He's taking a lot of three pointers. He's just not hitting a lot of them. He's actually hitting him at a pretty low clip right now. Uh, is there something? Is there something you've seen that you disliked? Uh, I don't want to keep bashing this Jones kid, uh, but between the turnovers, they had eleven. You know, Michigan even since uh, since John Beeline have always been super uh, reliable and uh, you know not turning the ball over. You know, eleven isn't crazy a lot, I guess, and crazy a little. It's kind of in the middle of the pack, I think. In terms of you know, compared to the rest of the country or in general, but you know the ticky tack fouls that he, uh, Jones was getting called on, and some of the turnovers he had, it was it was just uh, it killed momentum. I mean, there's a couple times where uh, he had the offensive foul, uh, bringing the ball up the court. They they missed the the eight second violation, bringing the ball half court. They had uh, a hand checking call, and it's like, man, dude, it's like right when. They had a point too to take uh, to put the foot on the gas in the second half. I think they were up by double digits. Uh, yeah, that's when one of, that's when one of those things happened. I can't remember if it was the the charging or the hand checking foul, but it was one of those, and uh, it was just in, at an inopportune time. Yeah, just uh, poor play for sure. Uh, something I need to see more of, and it's not that I seen it um, per se, but I just need to see more out of Caleb Houston. And Diabate, I think that those two guys were brought in to be absolute difference makers. They're they're both highly recruited young freshmen. And personally, I think if these two start to sprout, Michigan will be really good and really hard to beat. I mean, we have a ton of size. We have a lot of athletic ability. The outside shooting, I think, will find it probably sort itself out. Or maybe that's just not what we are. Maybe we're just going to beat teams up down low. But it's, it, it starts with these younger kids, and, and we need to get them going. I need to see more out of them. Uh, for me, what I want to see more of is uh, is Diabate for sure. Uh, you know, since 
since we've uh, had a resurgence in, excuse me, resurgence in the program, every one of our bigs has never been really a, a much of a shot blocker. You know, uh, Mitch McGarry was more of a pick and roll center. Uh, you know, Wagner was more of that stretch where he can hit the three, and with John Teske, obviously is more you know a bit more big body down low, getting the boards. And with Diabate, man, if we can get a shot blocker, man, I think whether he comes off the bench or if he eventually down the road becomes one of our starters, I think he's going to be huge. And, you know, Hunter Dickinson got two blocks this game and Diabate got one. I mean, so I'm not saying Dickinson can't do it, but with Diabate, man, like that size and that length, uh, we haven't had uh, that kind of a presence in a long time. And if, uh, you know, February – you know, January, February, when we start to get into the Big Ten, you know, hopefully he gets more than 11 minutes. Yeah, I, I definitely thought that his his usage is really low. And it might simply be the fact that he's so talented that Howard has to get him out there, but he's just not ready. You know what I mean? It might be one of those things. Like, this dude has too much ability to not play him. But at the same time, he's a liability because he, he doesn't seem to be much of a scoring threat right now. You know right. what I mean? And, he definitely and, seems like he's just under the basket, super athletic. Oh, absolutely. And the and the cool thing about this team, or a, a really good bright side is, uh, while we're right here trying to pick and, and predict on who's going to be the, the emerging star next, it could be anybody because we're so deep and with raw talent. Michigan has never – I mean, there's been times we've been deep and there's times that we haven't been deep. This is a year that we could possibly like the deepest we've ever been because there's so many play. I mean, we got what two or three McDonald's all Americans on this team right now. Yeah, it could be anybody. And that's, that's the good news because someone gets hurt. God forbid, uh, you know, you can rely on someone else. Yeah. And not every single time, you know, I think a lot of times we, we get, pretty wrapped up in the success that we have had. Have we had the national championships? No, but we've had tournament success. We've had big 10 success. And the one thing that seems like we've had some kids that have come in and they've popped, you know, you you can go back to that 2013 season, the fresh five, as they like to call themselves, spike, uh, Karis Levert, um, Nick Stauskas, Mitch McGarry. And there's another one that I'm missing, but, um, Oh, Glenn Robinson. Yeah. All those guys came in, and three of them were contributors right away. And there was another, and the other two were contributors on the bench. All five got minutes, and it's like, mm-hmm. holy hell! You know, we weren't used to that. Now it's like, gosh, we have all this talent, but they're not even seeing the and seeing time on the floor because we're deeper now. You know, and maybe you're raw talent, but we have other guys that can contribute. So something mm-hmm. to look out for. Michigan's definitely uh, they're they're far from over, and in my opinion. Right now, they just need to figure some things out because come Big Ten play, it's going to get tougher. And if they're if they're a threat this year, they're going to be really good down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll move on here. What uh, everyone is calling an ugly win on the oh, road go again. in Happy Valley. Uh, number six, Michigan, goes in to State College and beats Penn State 21-17. Uh, Michigan scores with three minutes and 29 seconds left. Eric all down the sideline touchdown to give Michigan the victory. Um, Before we go into all the specifics, you know, 
there's a, there's a lot here. Kate had a really good game, 66 percent, uh, two two seventeen, three touchdowns. Haskins, uh, two hundred total yards between both rushing and receiving. Tons of carries in this. Uh, Roman Wilson was a was a big star, two touchdowns. Eric All, like I said, the game winning touchdown, and Aiden and Ajabo combined for five sacks. The stat lines are great. They only put up 21 points and almost, in quotations, almost lost the game late in this game. Uh, a lot of people being critical. I'll let you start. I have I have a lot to say in this game. I feel like I probably won't even say it all. But uh, I'll let you start here. What did you think about Michigan's ugly win on the road? Well, I've said it before, man. Uh, it was, it was, I said it at, uh, I think after Nebraska, this is a damned if you do damn if they don't, um, type of game for Michigan, man, Michigan loses this game. It's obviously the same narrative with Jimmy can't hit the road games. Uh, you know, Penn state going in six and three, this team was ranked in the top five a couple weeks ago. I know they're on a, on a skid and we continued that, that losing streak for them, but Happy Valley is one of the most hostile environments in the country, man. Those fans, they get loud. They absolutely get loud. And Michigan, Michigan teams in the past, especially in the Jim Harbaugh era, we've talked about it all season. This is a game that they could easily lost. Now, beginning of the season, when we, when we were going through the schedule, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State, you know, none of neither of us were going to be like, man, they're only going to drop that one in East Lansing. They're going to win the other three. Never. We would have thought that. We would have thought they'd lose it in the uh, two at least. Um, Matter of fact, I I did predict preseason. I predicted the Penn State game as a loss. Right. And I mean, if I did, I wouldn't be shocked. If I didn't, I wouldn't be shocked either. I felt like this is, again, we've said before too, Penn State, Michigan likes to blow, trade blows. I mean, Michigan's yeah. not really have ever had a, a strong grasp on this series uh, as of late, especially since James Franklin's been there. But I'll keep I'll I'll, uh, I'll push this through. Kay McNamara, all the criticism he's had, he plays the whole game. We don't see uh, an ounce of JJ McCarthy. I love that. Guess what happens? Kay McNamara throws three touchdowns. They get in the red zone. They score every time. And. He threw it to Roman Wilson were in narrow, narrow windows, especially the one where they were in close. And he, I think it was a second touchdown he threw to him. I mean, that was right where the ball's got to be. Uh, Eric all playing on a bum ankle wins the game at the end. And I know I'm kind of jumping around here, but you know, Hassan Haskins again, like you said, did it all man on the ground in the receiving game and sucks not having Blake Corm there, but Hassan Haskins is an absolute tank. There's a, a fourth down, fourth and two, or third and two. He stretched the ball over the line to get the first down. Dude just plays his ass off. Uh, and just getting contributions all over the defense. Obviously, the big uh, the big uh, standouts on defense is Ajabo and Aiden Hutchinson. Seven combined sacks. They violated that pocket on Penn State. Um so bad that Sean Clifford, I think by the second quarter, uh, probably had uh, bruised ribs, a bruised brain, a bruised cheekbone. I mean, the guy was getting his ass kicked. And, you know, Sean Clifford's a tough dude. I give him props all the time. 
And in that first drive, he was shown why he he's a Wolverine killer, man. He was moving the, the chains with his feet. They were converting on fourth down. Uh, and by the second half, even though they took the lead late and he was still stringing timely plays together, they made him pay every single time. Uh, one thing I'll say this before I hand it off. Um, the bend but don't break defense. Now, Penn State, at the end of the game there, especially, it was kind of moving the ball. DJ Turner got beat on a couple plays, but he had good coverage. What, I don't want to overlook Maryland, but what makes me nervous against the Ohio State team is we get a lot of underneath stuff. And um, But when we got to that red zone, we tightened up. We forced the field goals or James Franklin being a dumbass and trying to fake it. Uh, but they did what they had to do. The I don't want to get too farther into my like, dislike, and more of because uh, I'll spoil it now. But that's, that's, that's all I really got to say, man. They, But, you know. It is what it is, man. Uh, but off to you. Yeah, so I'll start with this. I have come to appreciate winning ugly. Um, and I, I, I think we've done a really good job this year of not talking about Ohio State, but we're getting very close. And they are our next very big opponent. Um, Obviously, we've had some good wins. Wisconsin, Michigan State, Penn State, all three of those games are on the road. Um, this one's going to be at home, but they're our next big opponent. This is who we're looking forward to. Obviously, Maryland's, you know, Saturday, but. And I just think to myself, of all these ugly wins, and they have been ugly. You know, I use the quotations and I'm being silly sometimes, but the, there's been times where they're they're not winning what, what you would consider pretty, okay? Um and I think to myself, we're not going to beat Ohio State pretty. If Michigan beats Ohio State, it's not going to look pretty. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be, it's going to be a fist fight. And I'm I'm okay with how Michigan is winning these games. And I've I've I feel like I've dissected as much as I possibly can. I've looked at every different avenue, and this is probably the most I've. I've ever probably, um, in all my time of watching Michigan, this is probably the most, like, after every game, I listen to post-game interviews. I'm, li- I'm di- listening to different Michigan podcasts, just hearing what people have to say about this team. And for the most part, more people, except your social media warriors, more people are like us in the sense of, like, this team's doing what they can. The loss against Michigan State sucks, but they're doing what they can. Cade McNamara is the dude for this team. He's proved it time and time again. I don't know what he can possibly do. Uh, 217 yards and three touchdowns. Fun fact, Michigan only scored three touchdowns. Cade scored every touchdown for this team. He was tremendous. The throws that you're talking about to Roman Wilson, my Lord. You brought the the second one. I'm shocked you didn't mention the first one. The first one he threw – was Holy, it was an absolute dart. And, I mean, the commentators were glushing over it. They're like, holy cow, look at that throw. Because it was truly a perfect throw. And, obviously, the, the, the throw to Eric All was just a pitch and catch. And Eric All, on a bum ankle, and listening to his interview talk about it, he was hurting. 
And he thought to himself the whole time, ouch, 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 as he's running down the sideline. But he didn't want to get hit. That's why he was running so he was running as fast as he could. Because he's like, I'm going to be in pain either way, whether I get hit or Mm -hmm. if I run. So I might as well run fast. And there's so much that goes into this game. And you bring up Sean Clifford, by the way. Uh, he gained my respect because, I, like you said, he got his ass kicked, and he mm-hmm. hung in there. I actually, for once, I literally felt bad. That's how bad Michigan was beating him down. I almost felt bad. I'm like, holy shit, this dude is getting an ass kicking, and he's mm-hmm. hanging in there. And, he, he, you know, he had his, his team in position to win, but it wasn't enough. I think there's a lot to be said about this because if you're truly thinking, if you take this game from last Saturday and you remove it from the schedule and you put it a month ago, one month ago, people are talking about Michigan like like they're as good as anybody in the country with the exact same game. But it's because Penn State has lost to Iowa. They lost to Illinois. They lost to Ohio State. Now, all of a sudden, they're, they're secondhand um, you know, goods, but it, it, they're not. They're still a very good team. They're still, they were actually AP-ranked. They were not ranked in the college football playoff, but they were AP ranked. So Harbaugh actually gets a ranked road win. Um, a narrative game, as I like to call them. We've been calling them on the pods. I just think that this team is doing everything they can. And I was happy with how the game turned out. Would I have wanted to win 50-0? to zero? Yeah. But that's, that's just not going to happen. And it, 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 the, the sad part is there's actually fans out there that think that that's how Michigan's going to be. It's just like, what are your expectations? Because, like, they've exceeded mine. <laughs> they have exceeded my expectations. And I, I, I don't want to say I'm a better fan or a worse fan. I don't – regardless, this team won two games last year. And what they have done thus far, they've exceeded my expectations. And we have a chance to take care of business Saturday, which we'll talk about in a minute, and to move on. It's basically a one-game season at that point. And you have Mm -hmm. everything in front of you. Everything's going to be on the line. And we'll talk about Ohio State and and Michigan State too, but um, we have potentially some rooting to do, depending on who you ask. I'll toss it back to you. I think Michigan's just fine. I told you everything I wanted to say about Penn State. I'm happy with the win. Um, Moving on. Yeah, absolutely. I'll say this too real quick. Uh, You know, I was kind of getting in a Twitter booth with my cousin um, during the game. And, you know, my cousin is, you know, him and I are both Michigan and Raiders fans. And, you know, you don't have to be a rocket science to realize that Michigan and, and both our uh, his and I Raiders teams, you know, they, they let us down <laughs> often. Yeah. And so what he'll do is he'll tweet or, you know, he'll be like, he'll, he'll brood a little bit for like Derek Carr or the, or the, or Michigan and just in general. And then just when one bad play happens, it's just like burn the city down, you know, and I'm trying to, Reason with the guy and, you know, just dogging on K, dogging on this, dogging on that. It's like, man, he's like, you know, I just, we're not going to beat Ohio State playing this way. I'm like, listen, man, he's like, he's like, you're not, we're not going to beat him when we're scoring 17 points, whatever, in the third quarter, blah, blah. I'm like, but the way Michigan and Ohio State play are just so vastly different. I mean, it goes all the way down to, to Lloyd Carr and Jim Trussell. You know, Jim Trussell, 
you know, with Ohio State's offense, he's got three wide receivers that are all at four three four four speed. They're going to spread you out. They run that that offense, and Michigan is is not power eye, but you know, single back run run between the tackles. And yeah, we're going to have a couple possession receivers that can go out and get the ball. And then we and you know, Michigan's always had that one that one trickster in the in the hopper. You know, the Steve Bressens, the Antonio Bass. Um, so with Michigan, man, we're going to grind you out. It's no secret. We're in November. We know the formula that Michigan's going to run with. We're going to pound you with the rock. If we have to, we can throw it on you. It's been proven all season. Okay. And I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I said it before, if Michigan goes triple option and we run an offense like army or Navy to, you know, tomorrow or next season, as long as we're winning, I don't give a shit. Okay. When, you know, get the W, okay? Ugly win, whatever. Again, damned if you do, damned if they don't. Uh, luckily, Michigan got this W. There's more, there's some hope, you know, back in our lungs uh, as we go into Maryland. All I got to say is, what more do you want to see? You know, they're getting the dubs, sure. Michigan State lost. That's two weeks ago. Get the hell over it, okay? We got them, we got we got Ohio State in the rearview mirror, and we got Maryland in front of us. Um, you know, we got a, a mighty task um, Thanksgiving weekend. But, you know, what we talked about in the beginning of the season with Indiana beating us last year, and, hell, when Illinois beat Ohio State in 2007, it's got to happen sooner rather than later. It's going to happen sooner rather than later, man. At one of these days, the tie will change at least for a weekend. And uh, that's all you can hope for. Yeah. One more thing before we move on to Maryland. I just think if I if I would have told you before the season started, hey, we're going to beat Washington. We're going to go into Camp Randall, and we're going to win. Actually, convincing. Con- I was like, convincingly. We're going to go into State College, Happy Valley, and we're going to beat them. We're going to go into Lincoln, where we haven't had a ton of success, and we're going to beat them, okay? Your first response to me would not be, well, did we go to East Lansing and win? You'd be like, wow, okay, let's go. What else we got? You know what I mean? And I feel like everybody else is just like, well, we didn't do this, so season over. Okay, if the season's over for you, have a good one. We'll see you back next August. Season's not over. There's still so much to be played. And, I mean, there's a lot of conversation left, but there's, even if, even if you lose to Ohio State, there's still a, a, probably a New Year's Six Bowl on the line against a really good team, potentially a Rose Bowl bid. We'll see. Again, there's a lot to talk about here. Let's go ahead and get into Maryland, because I feel like we could, we could stray off here. All right, Maryland, 5-5 five and five oh, on the year. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Like didn't like more of. What's that? Like didn't like more of. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Wow, holy cow. Yes, Penn State, what did you like? Okay. All right, so what I did like was the resiliency and the answer late. Um, game in Nebraska, we played against Nebraska through that interception late in the third. We bounced back. This game, you get a blind side strip sack, and it Penn State goes down, goes down, does their thing. 
and then he answers the, the bell uh, in the ensuing drive. So um, that's what I'm running with. This is Cade's team. Hopefully the J.J. McCarthy project is over with for the time being. I don't want to see him for Ohio State, and I don't want to see him for Maryland. Yeah, so my likes, I have two things. And I don't mean this in a bad way, but I agree. I have no J.J. exclamation <laughs> mark. <laughs> um, I, I just thought this was this was seriously such the perfect Cade performance. And there's so many things that I've heard after this game, you know, where the one thing Hardball told Cade after the strip sack, he looked him dead in the face and said, you were made for this. You were made for this. Go out there. And Cade, obviously, he doesn't make a crazy throw. He dumps it off to Eric Hall, and Eric Hall does all the rest. And I'm not saying Cade's a hero, but I'm just saying, like, dude, Cade cares so much. And if you if you have time, go find his post-game interview on the field in State College where the dude's holding back tears of how much he freaking loves this team. Uh, he's a true leader. Everybody loves him, and he loves everybody else. Uh, and then my other thing here, because I thought this was – I thought this was the key to game. Seven sacks. Like, Sean Clifford, we already talked about it, you know, verbatim at this point. I felt bad for him. <laughs> it literally, had, <laughs> it, it, it seemed like we were playing a little sister of the poor offensive line because they could not contain Aiden Ajabo uh, and some other guys got in there too and were making their, their presence felt. But seven total team sacks and five from our two top guys just Unreal performance. Uh, dislike, I'll start here. Oh, boy. The fourth down and two call. I'm not sure if I if you can remember this. It's I don't have the exact down and distance. I had it written down and lost it. So there was a point in the game where it is clear as day. I've seen the aerial coverage after the fact of all of our social media and stuff. And while I was watching, I was disgusted by it. And a lot of people on social media were as well. So um, Michigan lines up. They are in I for power I. They got the fullback in there. They got Haskins in there. It's fourth down and two. Okay. They are showing run and the box is loaded. They do nothing to offset it and they don't go anywhere. And it's just it, it made me think like that's an interesting call there because they you know for a fact they know it's a run. You're showing power run. They're stacking the box. It just—it seemed like one of those situations where it's like, timeout, timeout. This is a bad call, and they ran, they ran it, and it didn't work out. And Penn State ended up scoring off that, so the momentum had kind of changed. Um, I just feel like we've had a couple of bad fourth down calls. If you're going to go for it, which I love the aggressiveness, you need to go for it. The analytics are—you know—more and more teams are going for it all over football. You gotta be more equipped you know this week it seemed like hey we took out the mistakes no jj in there um Cade wasn't throwing any interceptions and on fourth down we just run a bad play and it's not that i don't believe in haskins because literally i would go to i would drive in front of a a speeding car for that guy but um the, the call was weird what did you dislike all right so what i disliked was a little uh piggyback uh, our fourth on defense, uh, Penn State was four or six uh, on on going for it, and uh, the two point conversion. And frankly, since the Big Ten started, you know, Michigan's been pretty bad at uh, getting off the field on fourth down. And uh, with Michigan State, 
I think they got two two point conversions or maybe even three, and it's and then those were on drives at where they were just killing the clock, and it's like get off the effing field, you know, for the love of God. And uh, so that was that was definitely an irritating part of the game for me. And uh, you know, when 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 they scored with that tight end and they got the two pointer, man, I'm like, here we effing go again. But they did they did it in the end, so that's all that matters. But that's that's what I didn't like. Yeah, uh, for me, for the more of, it, it's very simple. And you're going to say more of, we see plenty of these guys. No, we don't. Uh, more of Cade, more of Haskins, more of Eric All. Uh, more of Cade means no, JJ. I need to see Cade as the guy out there battling his heart out, um, giving this team the best chance to win. I need to see Haskins going pound for pound, the tough son of a son of a gun that he is. Um and Eric All, who, my goodness, he's been incredible these last couple of games that he has played. And obviously the, the game when he touched on was huge, too. Those three pieces, I think, are just absolutely tremendous. And the offensive line, when, when it's not giving up the sacks that it has over the last couple of weeks, has been really good. And it needs to be good moving forward. All right. With, uh, with my more of, happy Jim Harbaugh. The... The, the post-game, on-the-field presser, or interview, rather, um, Bob McGrath comes up to him, and he's got Eric All hanging on his shoulder. And I I kind of got choked up a little bit, man, because, you know, whether you, you love or hate Jim Harbaugh, like if my kid was ever getting recruited and Jim Harbaugh came over, whether whether, whether my, my child would ever commit to the program or not, like that dude is like, the best father figure you could possibly have. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. my McGrath is trying to get Jim Harbaugh. And he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, talk to this guy, talk to this guy. He's pointing to Eric Hall. He's like, talk to this guy. He's like, this guy right here, this is the guy you want to talk to. He's like, he's like, I'll I'll talk to you later. And he get, and he waves the order goodbye and he walks off. And then Eric Hall basically gets the mic. And I just thought that was great. And, you know, we've talked about this uh, over and over again with the 2016 game where a lot of the spirit got killed and crushed in that, in that matchup against in Columbus. Yeah. And to see a little brief moment right there of, of that Jim Harbaugh that uh, we saw in the honeymoon stages of this uh, program with him and that's tenure, uh, you know, it's, it's infectious and that's why his players love him. And, you know, sometimes Jim Harbaugh can be a little infuriating, especially with the play calls. But again, one thing you can't count him out on is just being a role model, father figure, and uh, it's more to football to him, and as it should be. And so you obviously just want to keep seeing that. Hopefully, uh, I can't imagine. It's again tall task against Ohio State, and we still got Maryland. But if Michigan pulls this off and wins out to get to Indianapolis, that is going to be just a rejuvenated uh, coaching staff and a rejuvenated Harbaugh. Yeah, he, he truly deserves to have success this season. Um, now, I'm going to bring this up one more time. I shared this on the Facebook page. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it, but um, it seems so little, but it seems so cool, too. Jim Harbaugh was so intensely focused on the game and in the coaching and stuff that he was standing next to a space heater, and it legitimately caught his leg on fire. His pants, you can find the, the, the picture all over online. Um, they had to literally put the fire out on him. 
and he continued coaching and didn't switch pants until the second half. It's just it's just horrible, man. And a lot of people don't like him. He's not everybody's cup of tea. But I, I don't know how – I understand that you don't love his play calling at times or, you know, the fact that he hasn't had the success that you wish he had against Ohio State and or Michigan State and or ranked opponents. But you just can't – I can't fathom sitting there and being like, oh, I don't like – I don't think Jim Harbaugh is a Michigan guy or I don't think he's a great coach because truly it seems like he is. Um, still lots to get to. Let's go ahead and get into Maryland here. Um, this is a game both of us fully expect Michigan to win. So I'm, I want to, what I want to do is I'll give you the, how we got here, um, a little bit about the quarterback situation, and then we'll give our prediction. So Maryland five and five on the year. They open up against, uh, West Virginia. They beat West Virginia. They beat Howard. They beat Illinois. They beat Kent state four and oh, I believe they even got ranked at one point. Then they lose to uh, ranked Iowa, number 18 at this time. But at the time, I believe they were in the top five. Then they lose to Ohio State. Um, they lose to Min- uh, Minnesota. Then they finally find a way to win again. They beat Indiana. And then they lose again to Penn State and Michigan State. So they've definitely had some success against some lower teams. No success against your better teams. Michigan's definitely finding themselves as one of those better teams. Uh, his brother, uh to Leah Tungalova, I believe it is. Um, he's the starting quarterback for Maryland. 3,100 yards, 20 touchdowns, 10 picks, 69%. Um, big factor, though. He's been sacked 22 times in 10 games. The offensive line there is not very good. I'll give my quick prediction. Um, I think Michigan takes care of business here. I think, But, again, I don't think this is anything more than what the Indiana game was. Um, when there's a when there's a big game on the horizon, you're not going to put a whole lot into it. Uh, and I forget who they played right before Michigan State, but you know everybody's expecting you know Michigan to blow these teams out because they should. Well, they're not going to show their hand. They're going to play very conservative. They're going to run their game plan, which is running the rock. They'll get pressure on on Maryland, and they'll probably win this game if I had to guess. The same, they've won a lot of them, probably in that 28 to 31 range to a probably 10 or 14. What do you think? Uh, I, I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, Maryland, not very good at running the ball. Uh, they're, again, he's got 3,000 yards. And a lot of that's going to, you know, probably reflect on playing from behind a shit ton. And, yeah. uh, you know, their, their lead backs only got 441 yards. You know, some Haskins have got 985. Obviously, we, we, we tote the ball a lot more. Their defense has given up 31 points a game, and they were giving up over 400 yards of offense. So, with a bad offensive line and a porous defense, I think this is going to be right around the 28, 35 to 14 kind of type of line. Uh, they're 15-point favorites going into College Park. Uh I, I think I think it's going to be a dub for sure, and uh, you know, I, I again, it's probably going to be a lot of groundwork. Who knows? Uh, maybe you might see JJ McCarthy in late, 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 late. Uh, maybe to take a couple of knees or something like that. I don't know. I mean, I'd rather not even see him at all, to be honest. And I, not, I don't hate the kid. I just keep him away. Uh, but yeah, I think Michigan is about that. I think they'll cover, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, there's not too much more to say on it. We, there's there's a lot to get to. We still have, we have here, and I, I think we both expect to beat Maryland, and hopefully we do. Um, Dub and get out healthy. Yeah, 
yeah, there's obviously this team's really beat up. Blake Corum's not supposed to play. Um, projected to potentially be back for the Ohio State game. We should see. Um, let's talk a little bit about Michigan State, Ohio State, before we get into the mailbag, because I feel like this is a game that is going to be mentioned in the mailbag. I know because I read the questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michigan State traveling to, to Columbus this weekend. Uh, game day is going to be there. This is a massive matchup. Ohio State doesn't have a loss in the Big Ten, but they do have a regular season loss to Oregon. Michigan State has one loss, and it was to Purdue. Michigan State beats Ohio State. They are in their own driver's seat to find themselves in Indy as long as they went out. If Ohio State beats Michigan State, Michigan controls their own destiny as long as they went out. Ohio State would control their destiny if they went out. Um where do you think this one's going? Do you think it's close? For some reason, I feel like Ohio State absolutely obliterates them. But you know to what, say. man? What did you say? I said, but it's hard to say. So I'll let you go. Man, I I'll say this: Michigan State and Ohio State football. I mean, maybe kind of in hoops too. I mean, maybe not so much because Thad Mata's not their head coach anymore. But I. This game infuriates me. I cannot stand watching this game. And even though Notre Dame is not in the Big Ten, I hate freaking watching them too. This game is like having two crazy ex-girlfriends, and you got to call one of them, and you got to choose one. It's it's like, nah, I'd rather drive my car into a river. Michigan State's pass defense is so god-awful. I mean, they're giving up 329 right now. And, I mean, I think the, tw- the tug of Viola – you know, matchup. He threw for three fifty, and if two was brothers going to throw for three fifty on you, I think C.J. Stroud is going to light him up. I think Michigan State gets absolutely rolled here. I know that's maybe it sounds like a bold prediction here, and like the four Michigan State fans that are in the Real Talk Facebook page is going to get mad, but I don't really care. I think Ohio State absolutely steamrolls these guys. I think Michigan is a better matchup for Ohio State in terms of just our overall caliber. And I think CJ, I think if, if Michigan State's secondary is that bad, who are they going to cover? You cover Garrett Wilson, Olave is open. You cover Olave, you're going to have, uh, excuse me, Najikba open. And you ain't going to be able to do it. And I don't think that Ohio State maybe won't be able to run the ball like crazy effectively because Michigan State's front seven is pretty solid. But their back end is god awful, like I said. And I think Ohio State wins this by like three touchdowns. Yeah, the the one thing I will say, and a lot of Michigan State fans are probably like, ah, you guys are just haters because we beat you. But, like, legitimately, Michigan was beating Michigan State 30-14. to 14. What do you think Ohio State would do to them? Like, that, I, I can't get that out of my head. Michigan yeah, Michigan, had Ohio- Michigan's, Michigan's lackluster offense, 30-14. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're horrible on offense. What's Ohio State going to do then? Yeah, and I'm not a huge Peyton Thorne guy. I, I think he makes a lot of mistakes. That team is really carried by Kenneth Walker. And Ohio State is going to take Kenneth Walker away, and they're going to make Peyton Thorne throw, and I think they're going to embarrass him. I, I just think that this is a this is a beatdown waiting to happen. If Michigan State pulls this upset, it's crazy. Um, I'm going to answer the, the mailbag question when it comes time, so I'm going to skip over my, my one of my thoughts for this game. But uh, I feel like we can transition right into the mailbag with with what we have here. Let me pull it up real quick. I just had it, and it went away. So 
We got a couple of questions here. <clears throat> the first one being. This is actually from you, and I know why you posed the question, because this is being talked about. Okay. So should Aiden Hutchinson be in the Heisman conversation? So I'm going to start here, and then I'll let you kind of go with it. I understand that why you pose this is because everyone's talking about it, and it's, it's being national news. Aiden Hutchinson's having a great year. I believe it was two years. Yeah, it was two years ago. So the 2019 season, Chase Young was having an unreal season. Just unblockable beast. He ended up getting suspended for, I think, two games, which kind of derailed his momentum. But regardless, I was very consistent with this. You can't give him the Heisman. He doesn't score. He doesn't score any touchdowns. You could argue, well, he gets a bunch of sacks or, you know, whatever, and he gives your team an opportunity to score. But they don't. I mean, let's say, hypothetically speaking, they scored on 50% of your sacks. That's still not, you know, it's not enough. You need to have defensive touchdowns. You need to be you need to be playing multiple positions as a defensive player. And I know this. Why? Because Charles Woodson played for Michigan. He played multiple positions. Desmond Howard played multiple positions. Um, a lot of times you have to be that guy. If you're a defensive player and you want to be considered, you need to be making some sort of contributing effort. If Harbaugh was trying to get Aiden Hutchinson um, the Heisman, he needs to put him in at tight end and at goal line packages, like legitimately, because – it's not enough. And the crazy thing is, is he has 10 sacks, not trying to disparage it. That's great. It's one sack a game on average. Like, let's settle down. Like, it's just the whole thing's laughable to me. And I'm obviously an Aiden guy and a Jabo guy. I think they're both huge. But I'm going to keep the same energy I kept for Chase Young two years ago when the dude almost had 20 sacks. I'm like, yeah, no, he's not the Heisman. Not even close. If you want to talk about Heisman contenders for Michigan, because there is one, Hassan Haskins. Put some respect on that man's name. <laughs> I'll let you go. All right. So, yeah, I, I posed the question, and, you know, I, I think a couple people on there, which is fine. I mean, not a big deal. Uh, you know, thought that me posing the question is because I believe it. I don't believe Hutchinson should be in the Heisman talks. Uh, he's probably going to come away with some hardware anyways, whether it's the Absolutely. Lombardi or the, or, or, or the Nagurski. Dude's a top top 10 pick when it happens. Who's Ojabo? And if, I mean, that would be badass if, like, Ojabo gets Nagurski and then Hutchinson gets a Lombardi or vice versa. Like, when we, I would love to know when the last time that's happened. Two players on the same team come away with those awards. That'd be, that'd be awesome. And I'll say this. You look at Ndamukong Sue when he was at Nebraska. He was a five-year player, four-year starter. Uh, you know, at, at one point, Sue was talked about for being a Heisman as well. Uh, the thing with Sue is he, his junior year, he scored three times. He had a he had two pick sixes and a, and a fumble uh, and a and a, t- actually a, a receiving touchdown. So if that happens right there, and he's and he's never was actually a finalist, I don't think. So that just shows you what you got to do. And again, yeah, you got to score. Charles Woodson played receiver. Charles Woodson had a uh, special teams touchdown. He had, um, you know, intercept. You know, he. Uh, let me look at it before I go any further. So he had a re- uh, reception touchdown in 1996. He had two of them in 1997 and a rushing touchdown. So 24 points he scored uh, at the Heisman uh, season. So. That's kind of like where the bar's at. And if you're not playing fullback, 
and you're not playing somewhere else to get you six points, I just don't think it's it's worth talking about. I mean, seriously. Uh, but again, if you don't want even you don't if Hutchinson is so valuable, you don't even want him to be on offense for a certain place. If if you were trying to go for the Heisman specifically, I don't understand why you put him there, but he's too valuable to do that. So, yeah, I don't love the kid to death, but yeah, not happening. Yeah, I just think that overall, if if you're on, if you're a defensive end and you're going to be considered for the Heisman, what is what does the team play? Twelve games or thirteen? Yeah, ends up being it ends up, and then thirteen with the bowl. If you only play the one bowl, right? So it's thirteen games. You need to have twenty six plus sacks, two sacks a game for me to even talk about you. Like I don't even want to hear your name brought up unless you're getting two plus sacks a game. And then at that point, if you got two sacks a game, I'm gonna need some forced fumbles. I'm gonna need some fumble recoveries. I'm gonna need some block punts. I'm gonna need some defensive touchdown. I need something. But right now, it's like ten sacks. It's like don't get me wrong, Aiden's a dog, but like, come on, let's move on. Uh, next question here comes from. I'm gonna skip a question because it makes more sense to ask it after this one. Uh, this one's coming in from Jamie says, uh, when Penn State struggling right now and MSU's remaining schedule, are we really rooting for Ohio State this week as our Lance chance for Michigan to get to Indy? I'm going to let you answer it because I have a feeling we're going to disagree here. And the question is, are we rooting for Ohio are, State? Are you rooting for Ohio State to beat Michigan State? Uh, is there a difference between hoping and rooting? I... I mean, I, I guess, yeah, I would say so. I mean, I'm not rooting by all means. I'm not going to go hashtag buck, go bucks. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to change my profile to picture Ohio State. I think I did that for, I think when, uh, I think when Purdue beat Ohio State in 2018, I changed my profile picture to the, the Purdue P or something like that. But I'm not, yeah. I, that was just me trolling. I'm not going to watch this game Saturday and be like, dude, come on, Stroud, you got to score here. You know, I hope this game ends in an effing tie, to be honest with you. Uh, but for Michigan to have a chance to go to Indianapolis, we need Ohio State to beat Michigan State. Okay? If we beat Michigan State, we wouldn't even have this conversation. And uh, so um, I'm probably not even going to watch it, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't want to watch it. But uh, I hope it goes – I won't even say – I won't even say I hope so-and-so wins. Um if Ohio State wins, thank you. Yeah, so I, I I actually haven't put a ton of thought into this. I just kind of have an opinion, and it is what it is. So I am very famous for saying this. I don't root for Big Ten. I don't root for the AFC East because I'm a Patriot fan. I, the whole thing is mumbo-jumbo to me. I'm like, I'm sorry. Especially I, in college. Especially in college. Yeah, like – there's all, there's all this talk like, well, you root for Big Ten. No, stop. I don't. I root for Michigan, and that's it. And then, truly, I root for Michigan and whoever's playing Ohio State. But, I, you know, Michigan State's just as bad. The thing is, is, like, Michigan's done what they need to do. They still have another game ahead of them. I want Michigan to do what they need to do to win every game they can from his point forward. Whatever else happens happens and i'm I'm gonna be okay with it i promise you this i'm not getting down 
on my knees in front of my TV begging to God that C.J. Stroud carries the Buckeyes past Michigan State. Not doing it. Sorry. Not, I don't care enough. Do I care? Do I want a Big Ten title? Absolutely. Do I want to beat Ohio State? Yeah, that can happen regardless of what happens this weekend. So truly for me, the rest will take care of itself. If Michigan State had a better season than us and ends up beating Ohio State and doesn't lose next week, it is what it is. At this point, I'm okay with with playing for what we need to play for. I don't need to root for anybody. And, and I don't fault anybody that wants to. If you're like, hey, I, I want to make sure that Ohio State beats Michigan State. Truthfully, I'm not 100% confident we're beating Ohio State. We're, we'll get to that next week. But I would rather Michigan State beat Ohio State. And Ohio State fans can cry about it. Because truthfully, I find more <laughs> I find more enjoyment in the tears of Buckeye fans than I find in the arrogance of Michigan State fans every five years when they have a good season. So, it, truthfully, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. I, I, I wish Ohio State lost every single game. So, it, it, I'm not going to sit there and root for them, no. I'm going to let Michigan do their thing. However it comes out, it comes out, and I'll live with the results. And hopefully that, that means Michigan absolutely. beating. Yeah, hopefully that means Michigan beats Ohio State. Absolutely. When Michigan State was in the college football playoff, and um, when they played Alabama and they got their their salads tossed, I was I was, I was rejoicing. Like, <laughs> if if Michigan if Michigan's in the college football playoff this year, you know, God forbid. Uh, State fans, I hope Ohio State fans do us. Like, yeah. I don't want any sympathy from you. I I think yeah. I think I think that's such a cop out. And especially with the pros, who gives a shit about your, I mean, when, when your game's on your schedule, who gives a shit when it comes to, yeah, when it comes down to like the big 10 and the bowl games, it's like, uh, when, uh, it was like Michigan got their, they got uh, beat by Bama. And I think every big 10 team won their bowl game besides Michigan. Yeah. All the, uh, the big 10 fans were like, look at Michigan over there, not making the big 10 look good. I'm like, Dude, if I was in your shoes, I'd be laughing. I mean, maybe you are laughing, but I'd be laughing my yeah. ass off. I'm like, who gives a shit? You lost. You know, eat shit. I don't care. It. Tr- it and here's the thing. People's like, excuse. We, this is a whole other topic. We could go an hour on this. People think it like makes the Big Ten look good. I'm like, what do you mean it makes the Big Ten look good? If Ohio State goes undefeated, okay, hypothetically speaking, Ohio State goes undefeated, and Michigan has three losses. Michigan State has three losses. Penn State has three or four losses. Wisconsin has five losses. Nobody's going to give a shit, and they're going to still put Ohio State in. So it doesn't matter. The whole it makes the Big Ten look good. No, it doesn't. You know what makes you look good? Winning your games, period, point blank, end of story. Uh, we'll back up. We'll, we'll rejoice here. So um, Tyler Richardson writes in, how much of a threat is Ohio State to the other three teams? I think he means the other three teams, meaning Georgia, Alabama, and, and Oregon. Uh, not a threat to Oregon. Oregon already beat your ass. Um, <laughs> as far as far as Alabama, I think you're a better team than Alabama this year. Uh, time will tell. Uh, do I think that you guys could move the ball on Georgia's defense? Not quite sure. Georgia's defense is pretty nasty. Um, but you also have to beat Michigan State and Michigan and the Big Ten title game in order to even get there. 
I think time will tell if this team, if if you went out and you're in the college football playoffs, I like your chances as good as anybody's. Yeah, and as you know, as they say, it's 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 better to lose early than lose late. And if Ohio State and and Oregon played again, I think Ohio State beats them pretty handedly. Um, he could probably beat Alabama, and obviously Georgia is another story. But uh, I don't think Ohio State. I mean, you're going to be not walkovers, but uh, I think realistically you could beat both those two uh, teams in front of you in Georgia. Uh, would be another story. Yeah. Well, um, that's all I got. We can talk uh, real briefly. Um, just because I feel like this came up again. I know we talked about this a little bit before we went on air, so... Right now, the college football playoff has Georgia 1, Alabama 2, Oregon 3, Ohio State 4. Oregon obviously beat Ohio State earlier in the year. On-field matchups would pertain to that. Uh, 5 is... Is it Cincinnati? 5 Cincinnati. They're, they're, they're the undefeated right there smack in the middle. Yeah, and then it's Michigan at 6 and Michigan State at 7. And a lot of people are taking... Pro- problems with this because it's like well michigan state beat michigan yeah okay and then what did they do the very next week they they lost to an unranked team who was ranked for a cup of coffee and then ohio state humbled them so truly you lost to an unranked team uh and it's just like well is that not supposed to matter are you, are you just allowed to lose all your games and the, the example i brought up last week and it made sense because it had just happened so, is Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Jaguars, are they just a Super Bowl threat now because they beat the Bills? Like, right. is, is that where we're at? Like, oh, should we just, you know what, fuck it. Let's just put Purdue in the top five. Let's put Purdue as a playoff contender because they beat Michigan State. Sometimes it's not just on the field. And, you know, I've been over this so many times, and I, I actually this I kind of hypothetically got into this argument today without it going too far. College football is the only sport in all of America where one loss ends you. Like, why? And two losses completely ends you. Don't even think about anything. Don't think about a championship if you lose two games. Imagine having to play so perfect that you can't go on the road against your arguably your top one or two rival and lose by four when the officiating was proven to be terrible in the game. Yeah, of course the college football committee is going to reward us with being above Michigan state when Michigan state lays an egg the following week. And we don't. So it's, I'm sorry. It sucks to suck. I will say this though. And I've defended Michigan state in a way, take care of business, beat Ohio state, beat Penn state, Penn state, go win the big 10 title. And I promise you the college football committee will be like, Oh, that's a top four team, and put them right in. I promise you that'll happen. Mark my words. Mm-hmm. But until mm-hmm. that happens, stop bitching. It all takes care of itself. The college football playoff system, as far as it's four, has pretty much always worked itself out. Do I think it should mm-hmm. be four? No, that's an argument for another day. But it works itself out. Right, and I'll say this too. Uh, I was kind of going back and forth on uh, Twitter with some randos about this. He's like, well, tie break. What's the what's 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 the tiebreaker then? I'm like, look, Michigan beat Indiana, 
Michigan State got routed by Purdue, okay? One team won, one team lost. That's how rankings work. You're going to get passed up. Yeah, they have the same record. But, again, one team lost, one team won. Now, the consistency of the college football uh, or the college playoff committee, in my opinion, very consistent. They've been from day one. If they're going to use that formula for the Michigan-Michigan State, I think um, they should do that with Ohio State-Oregon. If, Like I said uh, a few minutes ago, if Ohio State and Oregon played again, Ohio State's winning, okay? Maybe not by a lot, maybe a lot, I don't know, but they win. They're the better better football team, but they're giving Oregon the nod here because they have the tie-breaking win. That should apply it from everywhere, but every situation is unique. It's not a perfect system. There'll never be a perfect system, but this is, you know, from what a lot of people agree on, it's better than what the BCS was. The and just flat out blunt point that you made: don't lose, win, take care of business. Who gives? Us, I mean, if we were Michigan State fans, and I'd be like, I wouldn't even lose sleep over being one behind Michigan. Who gives a shit? You have everything in front of you. Win, and you're cool, man. Right? If if it, if it was yeah. coming down to where. You had uh, you had to have a scenario happen, then you'd be sweating a little bit. But again, you have more points than the other team when the clock is zero zero zero. What is there to bitch about? Okay, I mean this isn't the final standings. We got two more games left, and then the the conference championship. A lot can happen, man. Yeah, it's truly not worth getting worked up over. Take care of your business, win your games, and I promise you'll be in. That's that goes for Michigan. That goes for Michigan State. That goes for Ohio State. Um, Michigan at this point, I don't know that they can guarantee themselves any even by winning out because at the end of the day, if Michigan is sitting home on December 5th and Michigan State's playing for a Big Ten title and they win that, they're going to hop them back over to Michigan. So it is, that is what it is. I mean, I, and that would be fair. So, mm-hmm. well, that's a wrap. Hopefully this time next week. We are uh, talking about a, a great win over Maryland and previewing the game. Michigan, Ohio State, um, lots to play for. So, anything in closing? All I got to say is, I, some, I, I fantasize about being in Indianapolis one of these days, dude. Before I die, I want to do it one time. Just so I can, if I, you know, a lot of us men pass away before our wives. If I pass away before my wife, I want my ashes spread in Indianapolis outside the stadium <laughs> to say we did it one effing time. Yeah. Just do it one time and, and then just yeah. win, man. Oh, my God. I just I get one of these days, Jeffrey, one of these effing days, man. But uh, but go blue, man. And uh, the season flew by. It is crazy. I was just talking to my wife earlier. I said there's only two games. Obviously, there's a bowl game, too. But the season's. The season's over, and there's there's two games left, and they mean a lot, and hopefully we take care of business. With that said, go blue, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Real blue, talk. Blue.